Welcome to episode nine of season two of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Owen, it's great to see you today. We are coming off Super Bowl Sunday, and now all eyes are geared towards the start of baseball season. How are you today? I'm good, Matt. Yes, baseball season is coming, but I just wanted to give a shout out to one of the best to wear Red Sox uniform, Dustin Pedroia, number 15, has retired. You know, shout out to him and, you know, his number will be up there alongside the great Red Sox someday. He sure will. And if you're a Red Sox fan, you obviously know what he did. If you're a Yankees fan, he probably irked you a little bit and you had a little bit of respect for what he did a la uh, Nick Swisher, uh, Jorge Posada on the other side of things. And if you're a baseball fan in general, he displays a level of talent that anyone can appreciate. So once again, Dustin Pedroia, great career. Enjoy your retirement. So, oh, and today we have on Donnie Morehouse and Chris Thompson, the co-owners and co-founders of the Westfield Starfires. It was a great interview. So glad that we had him on. What can you say about what we heard from him? Yeah, you know, I felt like I was fourth wheeling a bit, bit with all the uh, star fires in the room. But, you know, it's, you know, you spent your first year there. I got to know everyone there pretty well as the amount of times that I went. And, you know, it's Bowen's magic is real. I'm telling you what. It sure is. And it was very neat to hear their family presence in the organization and how they've used their experience in the past and just their relationship to build something special. So they're entering into year three in Westfield. And we're really excited to bring you guys this interview so without further ado, here's this week's episode with Westfield Starfires co-owners Donnie Morehouse and Chris Thompson. At this time, we are now joined by two very special guests. It is Donnie Morehouse and Chris Thompson, the co-owners of the Westfield Starfires. Gentlemen, welcome to Back to the Futures. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Hey, Matt. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. Good to be here. Big, big fan of the podcast. We dial them up here in the office and listen to them for uh, information and entertainment. Owen and Matt, thanks for having us. Great to be here. Uh, big fans. Absolutely. So co-owners and co-founders of the Westfield Starfire. So glad to have you guys on. Let's get right to it there. Let's flash back to 2019. So what went into your decision to start a baseball team in 2019 and why Westfield? Well, let's flash back to 2018. And it all started um, at the hangar in Westfield, having a cold beverage. Donnie and myself have been friends for over a decade, and we've always talked about going into business together and had always talked about the Futures League as an endeavor that we thought could be extremely successful in Western Massachusetts, uh, specifically in Westfield. So Donnie had pulled up a promotional video of the Futures League, and we were really in awe and said, this is exactly what we're looking for. So I made a cold call to Chris Hall, who was the commissioner at the time, and he and I had about an hour and a half conversation on the business of baseball. And we met the following week in Worcester for four hours. We went to the Worcester Bravehearts school day game. We sat there and at the end of the game, we went out of the player's tent and pulled out the laptop and Chris was going over budgets. And I asked a lot of questions. Chris asked me a lot of questions and I'm driving home on the mass pike 
And I called Donnie and I say, Hey man, I think we can pull this off. And Donnie and I went to work for the next two and a half months, um, day and night, putting together a business plan, a marketing plan. We're uh, up at his office in Notre Dame street in Westfield, just putting together the details, uh, with the financing and long story short, we were able to pull it off. Dream come true for both of us. Can I tell my version of the story now? <laughs> Absolutely. A little bit different. So, uh, Chris and I worked in minor league hockey together and, uh, not only is he a friend, but I just really became in awe of his ability to develop relationships and to use that ability to create uh, business opportunities. And I was trying to convince him back then, 2012, 13, maybe, you know, we should do this as owners and not as participants in, in terms of working for somebody. And we kind of, you know, went back and forth with that for a while. And then the opportunity for the Futures League kind of showed up. But at the same time, Chris really decided, I want to be an entrepreneur. And without those two things happening together, this thing doesn't happen. So for me, I mean, I, I you know, we did, we did sort of discuss this over a beer at the hangar. But for me, it really started when Chris said, I, I want to own my own thing. I want to do my own thing. And uh, that, that launched it for me because that's an asset that does not become available every day. And when you have somebody with that ability who is willing to partner with you, um, I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. You know, we've been successful for our two years. The first year we started very late in the process and last year during COVID. Um, and not only have we been able to keep this thing afloat, but we really think we're making some great inroads in summer collegiate baseball. So, so that's my version of the story. It will all be in the book someday, Donald. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You guys better send a copy our way because that'll be, that'll be a heck of a story, but yeah, you might be version. in it. You were our first broadcaster at Bowens field. Well, it was my pleasure CT and it was such a fun summer. So it's great to hear the backstory of it and why the futures league. You know, there are a lot of baseball circuits around. You mentioned the summer collegiate model is growing, but why specifically that level of baseball? And what have you guys seen from the Futures League that makes this operation worthwhile? Well, for me, you know, I, I've got, as you know, I've got three boys that all played baseball here in Westfield. And my oldest, Evan, um, was at Westfield State when I first heard about the Futures League. And Oddly enough, it was Frank Cronella who has worked with us. He played for the Pittsfield Suns. And uh, I was talking to him about, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for Evan to play in the Futures League. This goes way back. Um, so I always knew about it in the back of my mind and very interested in, in minor league sports and sports franchises. So I've always kind of kept my eye on the different leagues, different opportunities. Um, baseball works in Westfield. And so the idea is how do we take something that we know works in Westfield and, and, you know, bring in a franchise, the, the footprint of the futures league had a giant hole in it in Western mass. You've got Pittsfield up here at the time you had uh, Bristol and now new Britain down here, Worcester. So there's this big hole in the footprint and that sort of kind of got the ball rolling in terms of, you know, why did we, we really view the Futures League as the right opportunity for us. For, for me, Owen and Matt, it was the business model that attracted me to 
summer collegiate baseball in New England. When you look at the stadium league, as we are known, um, you know, Holman Stadium, obviously Chris English and Brockton does a tremendous job, um, you know, now with New Britain in the fold. It's a minor league baseball model that we can replicate here in Westfield. And I think my background in promotions and ticket sales and marketing, it just made, made perfect sense. And as Donnie, Donnie alluded to, um, Westfield is baseball and Bullens Field, Bullens Magic. It just made all the sense. Um, you walk in there, it's like Friday night lights and the entire community beyond Westfield and the Hilltowns have supported us. And I know they'll continue to uh, come out post COVID. So we're, we're just excited to get rolling. So talk about Bullens Magic a little bit. You know, I, I went to Westfield quite a lot in my first year with the Futures League and Matt and Seth dropped that like every other sentence. So talk about what Bullens Magic is and what it means to the Starfires. So that actually, uh, that goes back to the kids playing Babe Ruth um, baseball and Sean, uh, who, who is a, an original Starfire, he played on the Babe Ruth World Series team. And uh, to see uh, that happen, because they, they won the regional at Bullens at night under the lights, uh, an absolutely unbelievable. It was a six to five win, I think, against Milford. And um, it was magical. That's the only way to describe it. And I've seen it over and over and over again, especially at the high school level, where other schools will come into Westfield and play against the Bombers under the lights in front of large crowds and uh, you know, a five, one lead in the ninth is not safe against the bombers at that field. And I've seen it over and over again. And luckily my kids have been a part of a lot of those great wins there. And there's just something about, like Chris said, it's, it's like Friday night lights. There's something about being at that field that night with uh, a big crowd on hand. And, you know, you get everybody from, you know, local business people to uh, people that live in the neighborhood, the mayor, city councilors, your teachers are there. Uh, there's kind of this built-in audience who know that Westfield has a baseball reputation and they show up and you've got to perform in front of them. So it steals you a bit, you know. Westfield, I think, uh, is good in baseball because those kids play in those situations on a regular basis. And if you have to come in and play against them, it usually doesn't turn out well. And luckily, we've seen that with the Starfires. There was, uh, there's been a lot of comeback wins in late innings for Starfires baseball at Bullens Field. So that's what Bullens Magic is, and it seems to show up on a regular basis, and we're pretty excited about that. Chris, anything to add to that? No, Donnie's spot on. Um, I think uh, one of the best images is – after a uh, we had back-to-back walk-offs in the inaugural season, and it just the entire team at second base with a Gatorade cooler um, dumped on one of the guys, and I think that's just when you when, that's my uh, vision of Bones Magic. When you guys bring that up, it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, there's nothing like a Gatorade bath, and to, it's no secret that you two work well together. What strengths do you believe that you both bring to the table? Well, there's this old saying in business that you probably should not go into business with someone who has the exact same skill set. Um, I think Donnie and I both bring different skills to the table. 
um, whether it's on the sales end of things or being involved in the community. Um, there's a lot that goes in on the back end to the accounting, to managing our budget. And he and I together do all those things, in my opinion, very well. And from the very beginning, we had our task broken up where we knew who was responsible and we were accountable to each other and to ourselves. And I think it's just a, it's been a perfect partnership. Yeah, I think, uh, I think for, for me, like, it, it'd be great to have a camera in this office on a regular basis and, uh, you know, see Chris and I just going at it with ideas and arguments and it's like being in a courtroom. And I think we're both, uh, pretty good attorneys and we just go back and forth. And that's how this whole thing really not only started, but the way it evolves, you know, one of us will come in with an idea and the immediate response from the other is, yeah, I don't think so. And then we just, and then we just work through it. Um, and it's fascinating. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's very engaging for me. Um, and it impacts a lot of the other things that I do in business because you have somebody that, I know that I can bounce things off of Chris, regardless of how crazy they might seem. And, you know, we'll get a debate going and we'll work through it. And uh, a lot of the stuff that we, that just sort of people see when they come to the ballpark has been agonized over. But the thing about it is the process to do that, I think is very interesting to me. And I know it's interesting to Chris, which is why we keep doing it on a daily basis. And when we're done here today, I know we've got two or three subjects that'll probably take us till, you know, six o'clock tonight where we'll just kind of hash through things. So I think the, 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 the partnership really thrives because we're, we're both excited about engaging in new ideas. Um, you know, and our big thing is why wouldn't we do it? You know, um, how, why don't we go out and get our own branded IPA? Well, why wouldn't we do that? What is the downside? What are the upsides? There's, you know, we have photos of whiteboards that are just scribbled with concepts and ideas and how we kind of work our way through them. So I think that's what we both bring to the table. And I think we have similar skill sets, but, you know, there are things, you know, Chris's ability to create relationships, um, to knock on doors over and over again. Uh, it's a skill set that I don't have. Never have, have I had that. So, he kind of brings that to it. You know, I have a, a business sense. I run multiple businesses out of the office. So, you know, I, I think we bring different skill sets, but we're very much alike in, in the idea that um, we love opportunity and we love to debate ideas. And Owen and Matt, we'll have you up at uh, the worldwide headquarters someday. We have some legendary dry race board sessions. <laughs> I would love to see it. I only got a taste of it in 2019. I would always kind of peek my head into the back room and see some crazy kind of magic and ideas being thrown around, but would love to get another inside look at it. So speaking of 2019, it was a lot of thinking on your feet, first season going through the motions, and then 2020 came. Wasn't the year that everyone expected, but we still were able to play baseball. You guys brought in Hunter Golden, director of player personnel, to help bring in players and assist Evan in that whole process. But, you know, overall, what were the biggest changes from year one to year two? Well, you make a great point with Hunter. We were having a roundtable wrapping up 2019 with Frank Cronella and Evan and others. 
And we kept coming back to the roster and the process by which the Starfires recruit players. And I, I have been friendly um, with Hunter and his family for over a decade. Just, just a great guy. He, he's Mr. Moneyball in Western Massachusetts. He's the, he's the best baseball mind west of Fenway Park. And it was a call to Hunter today, man, we need some help. So we sat down and he's done this his whole life. He's, he's won back-to-back championships in summer collegiate baseball in the NECBL. He has relationships with coaches and colleges and universities that are unmatched. Um, it's, it's a, it's a lifetime of equity that he's built up and we, we reached out and had a great conversation and said, what's it going to take? So, um, Hunter to his credit had to pivot two to three times on the roster during COVID, as you can probably imagine with the host family situation. So we went from players coming in from all over the country living in uh, downtown Westfield to, all right, we need more local and regional talent that can perhaps drive the Bullens field um, for home games. And that was a challenge. There's no doubt. And talking to their families. Um, but the relationship that Hunter and Evan have is just great to see how they work together. Donnie and I stay out of the baseball. Um, they call us when they need something or when they have uh, a, a crazy thought, but we really kind of want them to take the lead and, and run a professional baseball organization. We'll take care of the rest. Um, so he's been, he's been a, a huge asset to us. And uh, if you guys can also talk about some other major challenges that you guys faced, I mean, COVID definitely threw a wrench into operations, just talking through stuff that you guys had to adapt and really get ready for that start day whenever it was going to be announced. Well, Donnie and I have a really good relationship with the city of Westfield and the ownership groups are on the league came together early on and said, we have to find a way to get the season off the ground. So we worked with the governor's task force on economic development and worked very closely with the board of health locally here in Westfield, as well as mayor Hummison, and just found a way to present our COVID-19 readiness plan to reopen Bullens in a safe manner. Um, we put a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of effort, um, a lot of agony. We had to pivot. We talk about the baseball side with the roster. We had to pivot multiple times on our budget and our business plan and our, our marketing efforts because, you know, if there was going to be a season, could we have fans? Um, what happens with the concessions? Um, how many games? You know, everything's based on a, a full season budget. And we were really ramping up for year two to be our real first season because season one was so rushed getting it off the ground in 90 days. We had a lot of new promotions in the pipeline, a new, a lot of new initiatives that we were looking to get off the ground. So there, there, there was a lot of challenges and uh, we, we found a way to work through it. Yeah. And you know, you've talked about the first two seasons, but how about this upcoming season in 2021? What can you tell us about preparations? You know, we've seen the social media presence has been very good. Shout out to Kenny. We were talking about him before we got on here. So what can you tell us about your preparations for 2021? Yeah, I think we're, uh, 
we're going to carry over some of the plans that we did have for uh, last season, but um, there's going to be a, a whole new kind of presence at the ballpark. So you're going to know something's going on at Bowens Field when you drive, you know, within two blocks of the area. So we have uh, some ideas for the, the presentation of the game um, pregame. Uh, obviously, we've got that beer garden, which we've added a new pavilion to that. So that's going to give us some opportunities to do some uh, VIP and corporate outings. Um, we have a lot of in-game things that we're going to add to the mix as well. Uh, really, over the last two years, we've just played baseball. You know, we played baseball. Uh, we've tried to provide some entertainment with music in the beer garden, not last season, but the season before. So I think you're going to see the true vision that we had for Starfire's baseball at Bolton's Field when we go into 2021. And the goal for us is to finally launch our mascot. So we have some preparations in place there. We've added to our staff. You mentioned Kenny on the social media side. Annalise Eck will be coordinating our group sales and fan experiences and uh, Tyler Amante on the, the sales side. So we're, we're, we're ready to go. Um, like we're vested. We have a long-term lease with the city of Westfield for Bullens Field. It's a 15-year agreement. And this is, uh, this is a long-term venture for us. Well, it seems like you guys are definitely going to be cut out for the long game and so excited to see, like you mentioned, Stella Starfire. I missed that music in the beer garden getting ready for games over in right field. So a lot of, lot of good things in the works. Now, a quick follow-up. You talked about Mayor Hummison. How important is that relationship both with the town and with town officials to make sure you guys are on the same page and all working together towards a common goal to whether it's to play baseball, to get fans, to make sure that everyone's in agreement for all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. So Mayor Hummison has been a friend of the program from the beginning. So Donnie had mentioned a new pavilion down in the beer garden. We were recipients of a earmark through the state when Mayor Hummison was then Senator Hummison and now Senator John Vila. So Thanks to them, we were able to do some improvements to the field. It really started with Mayor Brian Sullivan back in 2018, who got this thing over the one-yard line. Brian's son had played in the Futures League. He's a Westfield guy, a baseball family, so he understood the importance of having a Futures League team in this market. It's kind of a big deal to Westfield. City Hall in general has been – in, I'm sometimes lost for words how supportive that they've been between licensing and the Board of Health and the building inspector. I mean, there's a lot that went into this, not just getting the franchise off the ground when we were looking to win an RFP to have an official lease. But during COVID, you know, the, the fire department, the local, um, you know, Westfield PD, they've all stepped up and asked, what can they do to help? And sometimes navigating the local government process can be extremely time consuming. And there's a lot of layers to local government. We have found a way to, to, to navigate that and to get things done quickly. And that's due to, you know, Donnie being a Westfield guy, raising the kids here. Um, the two of us have just kind of gone in and, and made them partners and made them part of the decision-making process. Uh, listen, there's no egos here. This is a, this is a Westfield venture. 
And we're, we're fortunate to have those guys on our side for sure. Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and uh, partnership is a great word and, and they've been eager to be partners with us. As, as Chris said, navigating the licensing process alone is a full-time job, but with uh, the people working in city hall that, you know, saw what we were trying to do and they've been very engaged in helping us do that. Um, it's been a great partnership and it continues because, you know, we're going to obviously, as we grow this, we want to do more things at the field. Uh, we'll need more support from uh, the city of Westfield. And this is just a great place to do business. And I think particularly when the business is baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Westfield in general has been an important part of your guys' development and we're very fortunate to have them on our side. And last summer, you guys were nicknamed the Western Mass All-Stars by many people, including Donnie, your son, Evan, on this podcast. How much pride do you take in starting a team in Western Mass and giving back to the community? I think that's tremendously important. And, you know, when Chris and I were looking at this originally uh, in 2018, there were 23 Westfield athletes playing college baseball from D1 all the way down to D3. And uh, so this, this area, and particularly this town, was turning out pretty impressive college baseball players. If you expand that to Western Mass, Northern Connecticut – you're talking about some of the, the best players in division one baseball. And we were able to get those guys to play on the team last season. And it was just great to, and I've been watching a lot of them since they were 12 years old. So it was great to see them come together and play on a team together um, and have some success in, you know, at Bullens field as a unit. And let's try to envision trying to get that brand out. You guys mentioned the intense amount of baseball talent there. How do you try to integrate those sponsors, especially trying to sell them on the idea of the team and more broadly, just get the brand presence out there, engage the team, get visibility in the community and in the town of Westfield. So our, our community partnerships are really the foundation of launching the Starfires. We have a lot of loyal corporate partners like Westfield bank and folks like Westfield gas and electric and whip city fiber who like to activate our partnerships. One example would be KFC. So we had our um, strikeout at Bowens field last summer for every K KFC would donate $10 to the Westfield boys and girls club. So it's a way to take a corporate sponsor, incorporate a local nonprofit with the Starfires brand with a nice check presentation at the end of the season and we're going to continue to build on those programs moving forward. Conversations that we have with local businesses is they want to activate the partnership. It's more than just buying a sign. You know, how do they connect their brand to Starfires Baseball? And we have those conversations on a weekly basis and we'll just keep moving forward. And let's transition a little bit more into both of your back. Grounds. Donnie, specifically for you, Evan and Sean, we've talked about both of them, Evan being the general manager and Sean playing for the team in its inaugural season. What is it like to have that family presence in the organization and the fact that it was all there on day one? It's great. I mean, it, it, it's turned into uh, a family endeavor in that sense. And Ryan, my youngest, is actually our concession manager. So he's cooking the, the hamburgs and hot dogs and, and kind of organizing 
the beer garden and getting that ready every day. So he's involved. Chris's mom is uh, at the ticket booth for every game. So she's out there handling, you know, the, our, our box office. Uh, if you've been to the field, you, you know, Chris's dad, Tommy Thompson is there every night supporting us in whatever way he can. So we were lucky enough because I don't think we've actually asked these people to get involved. When we first started having these conversations, Evan was here in the office and he started making phone calls and getting players and reaching out to the, he's been in college hockey for four or five years now. So he knows coaches everywhere. He started putting together a roster and Chris and I said, you know, he's putting all this work in. Maybe we should hire him. You know, Sean was sort of a natural fit because he's a collegiate baseball player from Westfield. Uh, but he is doing more work for us now. He, he managed our COVID plan last year. So he was at the gate organizing and, and, and executing our COVID plan for everybody that came into the ballpark. And in the off season, he's been doing a ton of work for us, helping us build databases and uh, being another sort of sounding board. So um, it, it's great. You know, anytime that you can incorporate people around you that you trust and you have faith in, that makes it a lot easier to sort of take risks and, and, and keep moving forward. Before we return to our interview with Donnie Morehouse and Chris Thompson, once again, we wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to ChangeUp, one of the FCBL's cornerstone sponsors. ChangeUp is a cutting edge player-centric pitch and performance management application. By comprehensively and accurately tracking pitch activity and capturing critical in-game performance data, ChangeUp helps baseball coaches protect their pitchers from overuse and helps players reach their full potential safely. During the 2020 season, FCBL teams reap the benefits of the ChangeUp application, including the ability to keep college coaches informed on what and how their players are doing here in the FCBL. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level take notice. ChangeUp is a clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. In addition, ChangeUp's analytics function helps coaches and players understand each pitcher's current performance thresholds and helps inform training protocols to get your players to the next level. The Futures League is bringing you tomorrow's baseball superstars today. ChangeUp is helping make sure those superstars travel safely and as far as possible on their personal baseball journeys. Are you ready to join the ChangeUp revolution? For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. Change up. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Donnie Morehouse and Chris Thompson. Yeah, and going to Bullens Field and seeing Tommy Thompson, he is a Bullens staple, and we love that family presence around there. So, CT, both your parents and your kids and Donnie, the whole Morehouse family, it's, uh, it's a family experience for sure. So, you guys both have extensive backgrounds in both business and in sports. Now, this is to broadly categorize it, but CT, a lot of the sports marketing side of things, Donnie, a lot of broadcast media, some print, some broadcasting. So if you guys can just tell us about those backgrounds and then offer a note on how you feel like it's helped you in this operation. Yeah, interesting question. Um, you know, we both have diverse but very – um, back, relevant backgrounds in this business. So I started working for a uh, sports marketing agency, Wolf Associates at the time, and uh, Bobby Orr was the managing partner. So I managed some grassroots programs with uh, Carlton Fisk and 
Dave Winfield. Long story short, after 9-11, Wolf Associates closed their doors. So I had spent uh, four years within the marketing department of the American Hockey League, working with all the teams in U.S. and Canada and, and getting a sense for how all of those franchises operate. Some were owned by NHL clubs. Others were small market, independently owned franchises. So clearly some were mom and pop operations and others were, were corporate. Um, really wanted to get into sales. So I had an opportunity to work for uh, Bruce Landon. And Bruce was the founder and owner of the Springfield Falcons at the time. So I had a chance to work uh, with Bruce for over 11 years um, and then joined the leadership of the Springfield Thunderbirds. We launched a brand in downtown Springfield with MGM when the Falcons were sold. And as Donnie alluded to, really wanted to get into ownership and never knew how to own a business, but kind of watched Donnie from the sidelines and how he navigated being an entrepreneur. And that's where I think my, my experience working on the, the team in the league side has, um, you know, given us a leg up to get some cool initiatives in place here in Westfield. I think that would be a uh, separate podcast altogether in terms of uh, my uh, wayward route to where we are now. But um, I think the important part is crossing paths with Chris, uh, with the, the AHL Springfield Falcons and, getting to work with him for a couple of years. I worked, uh, I've been in broadcast media for a very long time, starting with a newspaper column and then going to a radio show. And that evolved into broadcasting UMass hockey, which I still do. Um, and, you know, my stint with the Falcons and really learning the, uh, the corporate sponsorship piece of things. Uh, and from there, you know, once I left that, I, I just started developing businesses bought a franchise called Mosquito Shield, been running that for seven years, um, and then doing other things kind of off of that. Um, I think my my biggest attribute is is I don't really have a an understanding of risk. So if I did, I probably wouldn't do half the things that we have done. Um, but again, just, you know, forge ahead and uh, good things will happen. So that that's kind of where where we are now. And, you know, we continue to kind of move forward. And Donnie, I got to ask, uh, I'm a UMass student. I'm a big of UMass hockey fan as they come. You know, they went two years ago to the national championship in 2019. I was also there in Buffalo. What was it like being part of that? That was great. I mean, it was a, an unbelievable experience. It, you know, is it a once in a lifetime experience? We don't know. I mean, this is a very good program, great coaching staff. And, uh, you know, I think that maybe you'll see it again. They had a generational type player in Kale McCarr who's playing for the Colorado Avalanche right now. Um, that certainly helps, but there's a great foundation there. So I think you'll see uh, a lot of um, NCAA tournaments and maybe even some, some more frozen fours for the UMass hockey team. But that, that has been such a huge part of my life for 20 years now. And the kids too, I mean, Evan kind of grew up, um, in the, in the radio booth with us watching hockey games. And he's actually joined me as the color commentator on two broadcasts this year. So that's been a lot of fun too, being able to kind of revisit that whole thing with him. So uh, the UMass hockey thing has really been a huge part of my life. We went to Belfast for Thanksgiving for the tournament over there. Um, we've broadcast from Alaska, which is, was really cool. 
we broadcast games from my living room this year because there's certain arenas that we can't go to. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and, and a real solid experience. Well, Donnie, you quoted that tweet to a T. I was going to ask you about broadcasting in your living room. I'm sure not really what you foresaw going into this year, but like you said, you foresee the challenges and just go at it and attack it. However, it's got to get done. Yeah, it's been really, I mean, we, uh, we bought a popcorn machine. We brought the hot dog roller from Bullens Field. We set up a little concession area. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun and pretty comfortable too, you know, sit, sit in the living room couch and broadcast a hockey game. Yeah, and hopefully some of those restrictions will be lifted soon so you guys can return to those stadiums. Although I'm pretty sure broadcasting from your living room is not bad at all. <laughs> it's preferable to driving to Orono, Maine to play the Black Bears. So we'll take the living room. There you go. And before we hit our final segment, how about a message to Starfire fans as we continue to inch closer to the season? I think the order for the Starfire IPA is already in, so they'll be making that. I know people are excited about that and, and get ready because, you know, the proletariat is ready to rock and roll. They want to get out. They want to celebrate. They want to be together. And we're going to provide them an opportunity to do that. And, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. CT? Yes, he's spot on. Let's go. Tickets on sale now. <laughs> I love it. Shameless plug. Where can they find them? <laughs> Westfieldstarfires.com. Beautiful. I think we got enough Starfires logos in here on the mix, on the shirt, on the jersey, in the background. You guys are looking sharp. So we move on to our final segment here. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993 unbiased league intern here, but you already know I still got my Starfire Zephyr hat on hand, ready to go whenever needed. So, (laughs) hey, hey, air quotes needed. So, guys, we wanted to ask a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? Sure. Awesome. Let's do it. How about a favorite Starfires player from the first two seasons? Oh, Sean Morehouse for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Danny Crossan, Northeastern kid, Danny Crossan pulled a Will Ferrell and in the inaugural season, he actually played all nine positions in one game. Danny's a great kid. And that was certainly something to be witnessed. And it was a great end to a fun first season. So I like both of those answers. And Donnie, I think you'd be trouble if you'd, you'd be in trouble if you didn't say Sean. So smart answer. How about a favorite ballpark that you guys have attended as a fan? I mean, I'm biased. Um, I'm a Sox guy, so it's uh, Fenway, no doubt. For me, uh, going up to the Rogers Center in Toronto. Very cool. You're our second straight guest to say that, actually. Alex Dion said that as a kid, he stayed there and got to witness the changeover between a concert and a ballpark, so... Definitely want to go see that park at some point once I get my passport and all that stuff squared away with. Now, how about a baseball stadium or more broadly a sporting event that's on your bucket list? The run for the roses, Churchill Downs, uh, Kentucky Derby. And I think uh, another one certainly is uh, Augusta to to catch the Masters with my father. Yeah, I uh, I would say that the Masters is probably on my list where I'd like to go. 
Love it. We always welcome golf answers on this podcast. CT, I bet you'd have a pretty nice hat collection picked out. Which one do you think you'd bring to Churchill Downs? I would probably bring a hat that is not yet purchased. How's that? Good answer. Good answer. All right. Now, if you guys were walking up to the dish or stepping out for an appearance on the mound, what would your walk up or walk out music be? Uh, Born to run. I'd go with the boss. I'd go with uh, right red hand, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Love it. I wasn't sure if we were going to hear some Hole of the Moon, the Starfire's Victory song, but... That is, that is reserved for Starfire's Victory only. Love it. Love it. Great call. All right, CT, you've already said your favorite team, but if you guys could offer your favorite big league team for you, Donnie, and then for both of you guys, a favorite player in the game, whether it's current or historical. Tampa Bay Rays. So best for favorite player of all time, I'd go with uh, Junior Griffey, the kid. Um, Without injury, the greatest of all time, no doubt. And Donnie, yours? Tampa Bay Rays. (laughs) No individual. It's a team thing. Love it. I wonder why you guys have those colors, that light blue and dark blue and yellow. (laughs) Just a thought. I don't know. Just trying to connect some dots. Just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Fair enough. And then, guys, how about a nickname that you've been given? I mean – CTs is pretty obvious, but a ba- nickname, whether it's from baseball or elsewhere. Well, uh, somebody in my house changed our Netflix profile to Donnie Baseball. So that, I guess that's what it is. There's only, when I walk in, there's only, uh, there's only one Donald and you're looking at him right now. That's my nickname for him. The Donald. <laughs> the Donald. I love it. And are you guys superstitious at all? You know, I'm not superstitious in in life, um, but in business, I think it's important to do your due diligence, do your homework. Yeah, no, no superstitions for me. As a former goaltender, you're not allowed to do that. I call it voodoo goaltending. You got to get stay away from that kind of thing. Yeah, I know hockey has its certain rules about that, so we'll we'll leave that as we'll leave that at bay. And then bubblegum or sunflower seeds? Seeds. Scotch. <laughs> Love it. CT, any flavor or brand in particular? Who's ever the sponsor in the Starfires? There you go. Love it. No, no flavor or brand question for Donnie Scotch here? Yeah, I mean, Donnie, you can take it. Yeah, so uh... – Probably Balvini is, is one that I like a lot, but uh, I, have a, I have a collection, actually sample quite a few, and, uh, but it's always single malt Highland Scotch. I said that seems a little bit more expensive than what Owen and I might be browsing the shelves for on, on a Thursday or Friday night, so I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. And then, I mean, you guys have touched on a ton already, but how about a favorite ballpark food or ballpark beverage? Anyway, Frank, for me. Starfire IPA. I knew, I had a feeling that that was going to be the beverage answer. <laughs> and then lastly, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Uh, for me, that's uh, Kitsap Washington with the uh, Westfield Babe Ruth team going out there for the World Series. That was a just an incredible trip. I think for me, it was just playing – 
playing youth baseball growing up and, and having my dad as my coach and having him coach, uh, you know, our, our West Springfield all-star team. Um, one, one memory from Fenway Park would be I was probably eight years old and Wade Boggs was playing catch with Jody Reed on the first baseline. We had box seats maybe an hour before the game and Boggs threw a ball over Jody Reed's head and I ran onto the field to get the ball and I was running back and my father said he had never seen me run so fast in my life. He had about a 15-minute conversation with security after I got back to my seats. Um, we were able to watch the game, fortunately. That's awesome. I really wish that we had the footage on hand to look back <laughs> and see that, but great stories. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. So glad that we had you guys on the podcast. Best of luck with everything, and we're so excited to see some more Bullens magic on the diamond in 2021. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Best of luck to you as well. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. So this has been Episode 9 of Season 2 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.